This episode of Author Stories is brought to you by Athon Books. Check out the very best in science fiction and fantasy at athonbooks.com. You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wine, Jared Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O. Sanders, Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Tim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Tammy Giuliano on the show with me today. She has an amazing new book. It's called Fatal Intent. And if you love thrillers the way I do, this is a must-have. What an amazing debut uh, novel this is. Uh, Welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, Tammy, we begin each show with the same question, and that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Well, I um, actually, it's kind of funny. Just a couple weeks ago, my parents emptied out their attic and gave me a box of my you know, childhood, whatever they'd kept, and in it was a couple of stories written on that old paper that had the wide lines with the dotted line in the middle, And I had written a couple of different stories about ladybugs and cows and, and they were actually pretty awful, but, but adorable for a little (laughs) five-year-old. And, um, and so I guess that was my first inkling, but of course, um, I didn't actually write much at that time other than what I had to for school, but I was a voracious reader. Um, I then didn't really start writing until, um, Probably high school, I started having more interest in in the idea of actually writing a book, although I I didn't get very far in anything until much later. You were uh, a voracious reader. What what sorts of stories really captured your imagination? I read every biography we had in our library, and they weren't, um, you know, David McCullough kind of biographies. They were more (laughs) geared toward children, but everything about, I really loved things about American history, Revolutionary War, that sort of stuff. Um, And then, of course, Nancy Drew uh, fascinated me with her ability to find all the clues and solve all the mysteries. Um, But really anything, I was uh, very much a tomboy, so certainly nothing romantic, but, uh, but lots of histories and sports. So your uh, your introduction to Nancy Drew, um, wh- what was it about uh, mysteries and uh, and those sorts of stories that that really captured your imagination? I really loved how capable she was, how observant she was. I would challenge myself to be observant like her, and realized I absolutely was not. Um, but uh, but just. The idea that she could uh, pick out a few what seemed like minor details and put them all together and come up with the whodunit was was very interesting to me. I love that. Um, Tammy, you uh, you are a physician uh, now, and uh, I, I would love to hear the story of how um, – of how that came to be as a kid who who loves stories and uh, you know a very bookish kid what led you to the medical field 
it was a circuitous route, shall we say. I think I was the only one in my medical school who hadn't wanted to be a doctor since they were a toddler. Um, I actually wanted to do something dramatic like cure cancer or Alzheimer's or something huge with my life and uh, got some advice that the best thing to do would be to go to medical school and then become a researcher, which is for anyone who's interested in that path, that is not the best way to do it. And um, and so I did well in college and got into an MD-PhD program and pretty quickly realized that research wasn't as um, as glorified as I had found it to be in my imagination. It was a lot of drudgery and washing beakers and uh, observing rats. And um, I pretty quickly realized that that was not what I wanted to do. So I dropped out of the PhD part and then I said, oh my gosh, now I'm in huge debt to the medical school and I guess I'm going to be a doctor. So it was a little bit of a weird route. And, and actually I tried to drop out of medical school on two different occasions and was very fortunate to have some mentors who stepped in and convinced me that there was uh, a way to do it that would pique my interest. So so anesthesiology actually fits so well with the pick up on the clues and figure out what the problem is and solve it all in the same sitting as opposed to see somebody in clinic and send them home and hope you got the right diagnosis and wait a month and see if you got it right. Um, and so I started working on a, a simulator. It's a full-scale human patient simulator that was being invented at my institution at University of Florida. And so that gave me the, the chance to do a little engineering and problem solving. And, uh, and that kept me in school. And now I'm an anesthesiologist who's going back to my roots and starting to write again. I love that. Um, you went to the University of Florida. Are, are you from Florida? I was raised from the age of three in Central Florida. Gotcha. Um, I'm 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 fascinated by um, the the idea of place and and where we're from, how that seeps into the types of stories that we tell, or, or you know, kind of how where we come from comes out in in the art that we create. Um, do you? Uh, do you feel a connection with with Florida or Central Florida specifically uh, in the types of stories that you tell? Absolutely. Um, North Central Florida in particular. But um, yeah, I actually have to be careful because I'm there's only one really major medical center in North Central Florida. And I name streets and I have um, <laughs> locales that are very clearly Gainesville. But the hospital is absolutely not the University of Florida. Um, it actually becomes a little bit of a challenge, but in my short fiction as well, everything ends up being um, something related to to this region. And the the Florida Gators were huge fans, so that tends to spring in someplace. And uh, the lake that we spend a lot of time on. So yes, absolutely, and that that determines what the weather is going to be like for for my characters and the scenery. So, so you're right. I hadn't really thought about it, but uh, but where you grow up and where you f consider home definitely invades unexpected areas of your writing. Tammy, as a uh, as an anesthesiologist and and all of the the different work that you do, I would imagine uh, has uh, given you the opportunity 
to do lots of writing, um, but not necessarily creative writing. Uh, what was it that brought you back around to uh, to your love of fiction and wanting to create fiction? Well, during medical school and residency, there was certainly no time to read fiction. And then I started having children and that took all my time. And then I became very involved in medical student education. And I went to the the former chairman of our department, who was a, a mentor of mine, and said, you know, there's really not a good textbook that I can direct our medical students to. And he said, well, let's write one then. And so he and I spent a couple of years writing uh, an introductory, a, a very, um, you know, not highbrow sort of introductory textbook. It's got some humor in it. It's got lots of little, you know, stupid facts that aren't important but are interesting. Um, and as we finished that book, we, we so enjoyed writing together that he suggested that we write a fiction book together, which took me by surprise, but we started working on it and then he fell ill, but, um, and, and I have not yet gone back to that book, but I got the bug from there and, uh, and I really haven't stopped since then. And that's been, I don't know, seven or eight years now. Um, it just really, um, absorbed under my skin to where I, I couldn't think of, of other things. I desperately needed to see what my characters were going to do next. And it, it really is almost an addiction, I think. It's, Fatal Intent is your, your first novel that you published. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it is. But you have published quite a bit of short fiction uh, as well. What was it that got you started writing short fiction? And and uh, another question to kind of tag onto that is, do you do you consider those two uh, as different art forms, writing short fiction versus long fiction, and uh, do you approach them differently? That's an interesting question. So I started writing short fiction mostly because I couldn't get an agent and I couldn't get my book published and I needed a break to do something else while I had sent it out to another round of beta readers. And I, somebody suggested, and I wish I could remember who, that um, you, know, you can start getting some writing credits by writing some short stuff. And, um, and I started and it was very fun. It's so nice to have such a small group of small cast of characters and a narrow um, goal for it. Um, description is not something I enjoy very much. And in short fiction, you are allowed to leave most of that out. Um, and so I finally got one published in an online journal that would pretty much publish anything that got sent to them. And, uh, and that was really fun. And so I started looking for more opportunities to, to write. And, um, and it's, it's actually very different, but, but also the same. You still need a, an arc. You still need a, a plot. And you need compelling characters who have a reason to be involved in the plot. Um, but it's, um, it's bite-sized. You can write it in a day and then edit it, in my case, for a month. Um, and it's not so daunting to send that to a friend and say, would you mind reading through this for me um, and giving me some some thoughts? Um, so it's, it's actually very fun. I use it as a break when I'm bogged down in my novel or when the novel is at the reviewers and I need to do something else. Um, Jenny Milchman once told me, she's a, an author, she said, you should always be having the creative brain working too. So even when you're in the editing phase, you should take breaks to do something else, whether that's start another novel or write short fiction. And I think that really helps me. I think it's a very different piece of brain that is creating versus editing what's already on the page. 
Absolutely. You know, Ray Bradbury uh, kind of famously uh, encouraged new writers to write a new short story every week for a year. And wow. and he would jokingly say, you know, because you can't write 52 bad stories in a row. You know, eventually <laughs> something good is going to come out of that. And, I love you that. Know, that. That's kind of tongue in cheek. But, you know, there there really is something to be said for um, working on your craft and, and honing it and, and doing something, uh, you know, over and over enough. But uh, were there, uh, and, and I know you said that, that you were started writing short fiction while you're trying to get your novel published and, and things like that. But did, did writing short fiction teach you anything that you then, uh, you know, were able to say, oh, okay, now I, I kind of understand this concept, whatever it might be. And and do you feel like that practice made you a better writer? Definitely. Um, you know, first of all, just creating a complete story arc because a short yeah. story has to go from beginning to end. And in a novel, you could work on the middle forever and never get to the end, as right. some of my friends have done. So, yes, it taught me, uh, I think, a lot about about that. Also about getting to the point quicker, which in a novel isn't as essential, but realizing where you can expound without uh, ruining your pace. Um, I think I learned a lot about pace from from writing short fiction. And I also took a couple classes and got some feedback and, uh, you know, how to create a setting in, a, in just a few words was, uh, uh, I think, useful to me. So yes, I recommend it to anyone. And, and in fact, I frequently recommend it to my friends that, uh, you know, even if you're thinking about a novel, write a piece of it as a short story first and see how you get to know your characters and what you think they're going to do from there. Are you looking for software that helps you bring your novel to life? Novelize is a web-based writing app which allows you to access your work on any device with a browser and an internet connection. Write from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone just get the novel written. Say goodbye to sticky notes. With our notebook on the side, you can keep track of all the important information you need to write your novel. We keep distractions to a minimum, help you track your progress, and encourage you to write more novels. You can even use the same notebook for your novels in a series. Outline, write, or organize your novel by switching between modes. You can write your outline notes while you're writing, and you can move scenes and chapters around anytime in the organize mode. Choose between the dark and light theme to help prevent eye strain so that you can stay immersed in your book. Novelize, the app for writers by writers. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20, or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. 
website was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. Um, I love to talk, uh, Tammy, about the the beginnings of projects because it it's it's really this magical thing that one moment there is no story, these characters don't exist, the story doesn't exist, and then in the writer's mind, uh, you know, maybe a character walks on the stage of your mind and and uh, you know you you ask who who is this and what is what is she doing and uh you know and then the story starts unfolding or maybe you read a, a newspaper or a magazine article or or see you know something on the news and then the the what if game starts playing in your mind uh, how do how do stories usually begin for you what is that first kernel of an idea that that blossoms into a story so far mine have all started um with a, a an issue like how should people die was something that was left over from elementary school when I was on a debate about uh, the fate of Karen Ann Quinlan. If you remember that, I was maybe 10 years old at the time. have no idea what side I happened to be on in the debate, but it was elementary school and it was, um, it made a, a, an impression on me that people were making a decision for someone who couldn't make that decision for themselves and that not even her family was necessarily able to make that decision without input from others. And uh, and then that persisted through medical school and residency. And so that's where I started with Fatal Intent. The other book I've written that I'm hoping to get published soon is also based on a, again, it was a short story course that I was taking and I, it was a flash fiction course actually. And the idea was, what if something happened and no one could get pregnant and then someone figured out how to make it possible to be to have fertility, but it was an expensive treatment. Who decides? Who decides who gets to have a baby? And uh, and are there any you know do you do a wallet biopsy and see if they can afford it? Do you do genetic testing to make sure that they're not going to perpetuate some dread disease? Um, and it just really fascinated me. So I've written a a novel sort of based on that. Um, the sequel to Fatal Intent also started with a an interesting problem, and then the obviously I already had the characters for that one. But so I guess I come up with first the um, the question, and I I want my writing to be, and this sounds pretentious, but I want it to be something that people think about, not just sure. in respect to the story itself, not just gee this guy went from point A to point B and a couple people died, but but what would I do in that situation, and and uh, what would the world be like if this were true? Um, well, that, and so that's kind of where I start. And that's the great thing about fiction, isn't it? Um, is that we it it can 
be almost like a a, a life simulator. You you talked about the the simulator that you had worked on, um, but f- fiction is is sort of that way. We get to explore things that that maybe we don't believe, but but we get to play that what if game. Well, what happens if this, uh, you know, if if a character does this, or if this, if, if a person is faced with this circumstance, what is their reaction, and then what should our reaction be to their reaction and, and you get to to play out scenarios without having um it, it, it's kind of the, the best kind of life simulator if you look at it that way right yeah. um with with fatal intent one thing that i love uh about this book is you have such a robust cast of characters and it's not just one character's experience uh but but kate kind of is uh is uh the the main protagonist but she's surrounded by an interesting uh cast of of folks Uh, how did you put together the well first off um where did kate come from And, and then how did you how did the people around her come to be well, Kate started out as me 20 to 30 years ago, um, which I think a lot of authors do when they yeah. when they begin, at least her professional life, uh, teaching and, and being an obstetric anesthesiologist. Um, of course, gratefully, not her personal life with all the horrors that have happened to her. Um, and so I started with her. And then the, um, the other characters just sort of... I, I, I always like books that have a little bit of comic relief in them. And so I needed a couple characters that could rightly do that without it being, um, I don't know, sometimes in a tense scene, it doesn't seem right for your main character to all of a sudden tell a joke. So I needed somebody who was a little bit off kilter like that. And um, Aunt Erm, actually, that original mentor that I mentioned that got me started doing this, when we started our book, that character was in there. It was his Aunt Erm, who had participated in raising him when he was orphaned in Germany during World War II. And um, it was a a favorite aunt, and he described her, I wish I'd had more time with him to get more description, but he talked about her reading her Krimis, which I mentioned the uh, basically short mysteries written in German. Um, And so she just sort of went from there. I'm sure she's an amalgam of other people I've known or characters I've seen on TV, but... um, but the things she says and the misperceptions she has are are uh, they just sort of pop in my mind and they're I find them funny and apparently many people have said she's their favorite character which is good and bad I guess um, and then Christian um, was just the character that I needed for that for that role and of course he's modeled after some people that I know, uh, again, a, a, a compilation of multiple people. My husband actually has never read the book, but he says that uh, I kill him off and so that I can date someone else. <laughs> and I say, why can't you be the guy I'm dating instead? <laughs> Which I'm not actually dating, but um, but it's, it's funny to hear him be critical of a book he hasn't read yet. That's, that's so funny. Um, yeah, talking about Great Aunt Erm uh, and that needed comic relief, um, you know, in a with a book and a story like this where tensions can really be high, um, it's almost necessary to give the reader um, a, a break every now and to to let their emotions come down. Um, because if you if you just have a reader's adrenal, adrenaline pegged, you know, the whole time. Um, 
it's hard to to really deliver emotion when emotions just pegged out all the time um was that something that you recognized early on in the story that you needed a character like that or um what was the uh what, what was the process like to to realize that she was needed in the story she actually appeared at the very beginning and i don't know whether it was because i had been working with dr grevenstein and he brought her in, um, into my mind or, or what, um, the idea of pacing and accelerating pacing and having, uh, periods of, of, uh, decreased adrenaline, um, definitely came through in, uh, in the, the courses that I took and, and reading books on craft that I learned about that. I, I don't know if I would have organically done that correctly. And of course, I don't know that I did it correctly, but I, I think I, uh, it was definitely something I considered, um, but Anne Arm was already there, and um, and so using her for part of that, and also uh, Nathan, the simulator engineer, who's kind of a goofball. Um, those those just sort of fit in, um, and and were purposeful in retrospect. Yeah. So we talked earlier about these kind of big ideas that we get to explore in fiction. What is the the big idea? Um, in fatal intent. The big idea I hope people take away is that the way we die, if not a rapid thing from an accident or whatever, in the U.S. is um, is something we need to talk about. There um, is not a way to control your own death in a way that that we do for our pets. You would never think to to watch a pet starve to death when he could no longer fend for himself. Um, and yet we do that with our loved ones, which as a physician, that's something that you just can't go there. Um, but that doesn't mean there shouldn't be a discussion about how this should happen. And, and in my profession, I'm a little bit removed from most of those decisions, except when I did critical care. Um, but I, I hear about it, about the the struggles of a family trying to decide what to do. Um, and I've had this discussion with my own husband. What do you want, honey, if you can't make a decision for yourself? I don't care. I'll be dead. You decide. And I try to impress upon people that that's not fair, because if I make one decision and my kids want a different decision, legally, it's my choice. But that creates some potential conflict that didn't have to be there if he would have just written a document that said, I want this, this, and this, and not that. Um, and we see lots of patients who who have not made those decisions clear. Um, and like I said, having it in writing just takes a burden off of, off of the people that you love. Right. Tammy, um, I don't know if you've noticed, um, but uh, as someone who works uh, in the medical community, I'm I'm sure that you've had uh, an interesting year uh, this past year, and and now publishing a new book, kind of in the middle of a, a global pandemic, has to be an interesting uh, time. Uh, what has what what has 2020 and and all that it has brought? Uh, what has that meant for your publishing journey? Um, the big things are, you know, the, the lack of book launches and not being able to go to the, the meetings that the writing meetings that I have enjoyed in the past, I still was able to meet with some writer friends, but smaller groups. And, and so it's made it 
more isolating, of course. Work has actually at the hospital has has not changed much for me because I do obstetric anesthesia and babies couldn't care less whether there's a pandemic. So um, <laughs> right. my uh, many of my colleagues were working less when we had all the ORs closed for for not doing elective cases. But my my job didn't really change. I only work three days a week, and so I continued to work those three days. Um, so in that respect, not much. The the way I teach changed quite a bit, and so I've been doing a lot more teaching on Zoom and stuff. But for uh, for the launch, I think definitely the, the the no book tours and things like that. I don't know if I would have enjoyed that or not, but uh, but I won't have that experience at least not this time. Um, what's really what's really funny is I had started a book long before COVID about a pandemic that was um, actually a bioengineered um, virus that did all these awful things. And, uh, and now I wonder if I will ever get that published because, <laughs> because it's a little too close to home at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering over the next two years, if we're going to have a, a glut of pandemic novels and thrillers, or if people are just going to run the other direction, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I personally, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to pick up a pandemic book for a while. Um, but but I am interested to see kind of what uh, what readers uh, will uh, you know if they're looking to uh, you know for some solace in in that or and and to sort of live through that again to get some resolution or if you know if we just don't want to talk about it I don't, I don't I don't know yet where we are right right well the book is not as much about life during a pandemic as it is about the scientists trying to find a, a solution. So it's a lot more in the lab and it's sort of um, Dan Brownish with uh, yeah. mysteries to solve. But, um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling agents will not be very interested in it for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that will be interesting to see for sure. Uh, Tammy, a lot of new writers feel like they don't have the time uh, you know, with busy lives to to carve out uh, time for themselves and for their uh, for their writing. As as someone who's a physician and a teacher uh, and a writer, how do you find the time to to work on your craft? It can be challenging. Um, so on my days at work, there's no way. You know, it's very very busy. So so that takes me from seven to six or so. I usually try to get in an hour or two at night, depending on what my husband's doing, if he's busy with something else. Um, and then Fridays are my main writing day. I take every Friday off and usually I go out. We have a lake house that's just out in the middle of the boondocks. So it's a great place to not be distracted by anything other than my dogs who want the ball to be thrown at least every <laughs> 12 seconds. Um and then on weekends, it's it's picking time. If my husband goes to the golf course, then I get to write for a few hours. But it's definitely stealing time away from um, from some other things. But my kids are gone; they're all living their lives, so uh, so I'm not taking time away from them. And uh, and I just find time. If I were to try to do this when I was 30, I don't think it would have been possible. So it really, I've been very blessed that uh, financially I can afford to work only three days a week and uh, spend a lot of the other time either doing stuff with friends and family or, or writing. 
Gotcha. You mentioned earlier that there was a follow-up to Fatal Intent. Um, I, I was wondering if you know, if this story would continue or if these characters would have more life after this book. Uh, what Can you tell us anything about the, what you're following this up with? So when I started, when I wrote Fatal Intent, um, I didn't plan on it being a series, although I loved Kate and I would have loved to make a series. I thought, gosh, what what anesthesiologist at a small town academic medical center is going to run into multiple mysteries? And then people pointed out, you know, murder she wrote and, and right. all the cozy <laughs> sort of things where bad things happen all the time. And um, th- when I got the publishing contract, they said, this is for two books. And I said, oh, there is no second book. And they said, there will be. And so... Um, so I started thinking about it. So in this one, it's the same cast of characters um, with a new uh, mystery, uh, more into the medical technology um, device issues. Um, and it's coming together. I thought I was done with it. And then I met with my critique group and they pointed out some pretty big holes. So now I'm um, rewriting the second half of it. And uh, it was due in January. So um yeah, that's kind of gone, but um, hopefully in the next month or so, and then it'll probably take a year to get it out. But yeah, Kate and Christian and Aunt Erm uh, move on for the for the next event. Love it. Love it. Well, the new book is called Fatal Intent, and uh, when you're hearing this, it's been out for a couple of days, and you can grab it uh, on Amazon or at your local bookstore, um, in Kindle edition or uh, uh, you know actual paper, if uh, if that's how you prefer to read. And uh, we're going to put links to those in the show notes of this episode to make it easy for folks uh, to find the book. Uh, Tammy, if people are just discovering you and want to dig into all the great stuff that you do, where can they find you online? Um, my website is uh, www.tuliano.com, and it's got uh, most of my short fiction. There's links to those there, and uh, a little bit more about me and, and my life. Great. We'll put a link there as well. Tammy, this has been so much fun chatting. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Thank you very much. It was fun. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, Look no farther than Pico's house. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's house is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started. Dream Author by Sophie Hanna is an immersive 14-month coaching program for writers at any and every level of experience, and also for those of you who want to write and are just waiting for the right encouragement and guidance to get you started. Your writing dreams should make you happy. For so many of us, our dreams are not a source of happiness. Instead, they cause us stress, guilt, frustration, and even shame. Here's the great news. All of these feelings are natural and all writers experience them. The problem, though, is that when your writing dreams bring you more anxiety than joy, it affects your resolve and your productivity, and you end up not taking the action you need to take in order to propel your dreams in the right direction so that they can stand a strong chance of coming true. 
That's why Sophie created the Dream Author Coaching Program to teach anyone who is passionate about writing how to change the way they build, think about, and pursue their writing dreams in order to become their own most powerful ally and advocate for the rest of their writing life. And more great news. Once you've learned that skill, it lasts forever. Visit dreamauthorcoaching.com to get started today. The Bad Company Complete Series Omnibus, Books 1 through 7. Humanity's Greatest Export, Justice. Space is a dangerous place, even for the wary, especially for the unprepared. The aliens have no idea. Here comes The Bad Company. The Bad Company, Book 1, Colonel Terry Henry Walton takes his warriors into battle for a price in this first installment of The Bad Company. He believes in the moral high ground and is happy to get paid for his role in securing it. Set in the Cutharian Gambit universe, Terry, Char, and their people-humans, werewolves, were-tigers, and vampires form the core of the Bad Company's direct action branch, a private conflict solution enterprise. Join them as they fight their way across Tissakinan 4, where none of the warring parties were what they expected. The seven-book series Omnibus includes The Bad Company, Blockade, Price of Freedom, Liberation, Destroyer, Discovery, Overwhelming Force. Grab the complete Bad Company series by Craig Martell now. How to Be a Badass Witch by Michael Anderley. Virtutas Gloria Mercies. Translation? Glory is the reward of valor. Fed up with playing the normal game, recent university graduate, ex-cum laude, ex-soccer star, ex-popular and mostly broke Cara Madonna changes her life when she decides to research how to be a witch and believes it. Cara didn't want to go back east and deal with her overbearing mom, so when university was done, she stayed behind in Los Angeles. Little did she realize how controlling moms can be from the other side of the country. Feeling a little desperate to make her own way, she buys a few books on business and one on a lark, How to Be a Badass Witch. That's when the trouble started. Find out just what trouble a young woman can get into when the magic just might be real. How to Be a Badass Witch by Michael Andrews. 